Welcome back to 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by John Paulson. JP, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. There's a soft coup going on. Uh, there's a pandemic, uh, but all things considered, uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I, it's funny. When you ask that question to anybody, or, any, or you get that question from somebody, you're like, um, relatively good? You know, I mean, everybody... I saw. I saw recently. We're not all in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm. And I yeah. thought that was that was accurate. You know, it was one of those Instagram or Facebook posts or something like that. I'm like, that, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, um, yeah, relatively good. Uh, before we jump into the podcast, tell us about the music that brought us in. Yeah, I thought this year we would uh, get a little bit of Christmas holiday spirit going on the pod uh, and uh, on the on the podcast playlist. But I wanted to find a song that would fit in with everything else that we play on the podcast. Um, so this is a song that I didn't really realize. The first couple times I heard it, I didn't even realize it was really a Christmas song, but it's uh, The Pretenders, um, 2,000 Miles. It was released uh, in 1983. It was a B-side on the, the band's hit record, uh, Middle of the Road. Um, but uh, it's, it's definitely a Christmas song if you listen to the lyrics. But it's all, you know, I think it'll fit in with the, with the podcast playlist, and you can find a, a link uh, to that in the show notes. Let's let's talk first and foremost. Uh, we got some some uh, you know housekeeping items to go over and things like that, and then we'll, of course we'll we'll dive dive into the podcast. But I really want to mention this because look, when you listen to the podcast and we tell you John is uh, a guru, John's an expert, John knows what he's talking about. We've look, he's done this cons- consistently over the last I don't know ten years, right? But always want to update you on John's fantasy pros ranking. So after finishing twelfth last week in week thirteen. John Paulson is now second. He is now in second place among a blank ton of experts. <laughs> <laughs> I won't curse. Uh, blank ton of, of experts at Fantasy Pros. He is second now. So second place in Fantasy Pros through 13 weeks. John, congratulations, man. I know you. You're probably ticked off you're not in first. But um, second place is just it's, – it's incredible. And that's, that's an achievement. You're exactly right. I'm ticked off that I'm not in first. So yeah, I'm, uh, we're still three weeks to go. Um, my friend though is in first, Pat Fitzmorris, who uh, we've had on the pod before, and I've been on his pod. And if I can't win it, I hope he does. Um, but I'm also hoping that I can catch him <laughs> and win my third because I won in 2010 and won in 2014, and it'd be great to win a third uh, title. But you know, I, my goal every year going in is top five, and um, I've done that seven of the last ten years, and I. The reason I that's my goal is because I want to provide consistently good uh, rankings for our subscribers, and uh, so this is one of the measures uh, that I use to evaluate my year. And um, hopefully, you can finish strong. Absolutely. So when we talk to you about hey, if you're on the fence about subscribing, you you need some help. You you're frustrated. You're finishing 
whether it's it's fourth or fifth every year or last every year, you need some help. This is what we're talking about. This is what this is among the other things that you're getting from a content standpoint at four for four. You're going to get John's weekly rankings, and of course, John is is one of the most accurate uh, fantasy football experts in the nation. Not just you know uh, among websites that you go to. We're talking about in the nation. My man's a stud. The most accurate podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, home of the all-new snake draft format, the Battle Royale. More on that a little bit later on. As we continue to tell you and remind you, 444 now has Discord. It's a community where 444 subscribers can interact with each other and the 444 analyst, and it's where John posts his thinking inside the box series of stats every Monday to join. It's, it's rather e- easy. Just go to bit.ly slash 444 Discord. That's all in lower case. And when you hear me say 444, I'm talking about the number four, F-O-R, the number four. So bit.ly slash 444 Discord, all in lowercase. You can verify your subscription to get started. And if you haven't signed up yet for 444, prices have been reduced to $9 for a classic subscription, $14 for a pro subscription, and $24 for a rest of season DFS slash betting subscription. You can use the code JOHN10, J-O-H-N-10, to get 10% off those already do reduced prices. If you go to get some fast food for the family, you know that you're spending a lot more than $24 for a DFS or betting subscription. You know, it's costing $9 anymore for a, a coffee or a sandwich, it feels like. So class subs- subscription at $9, it's well worth the price. Let's get into some of the injury news, starting off with Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey, still dealing with the shoulder and the thigh injuries, took limited practice reps Wednesday, but McCaffrey is no longer expected to return in week 14, and that's straight from head coach Matt Rule, John. Yeah, and uh, those owners that have Christian McCaffrey and also own Mike Davis, you know, this is bad news for you, but it's not like the worst news because you have Mike Davis. Uh, He should post RB1 numbers this week. Uh, Denver's 22nd adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs, so I have him at 10 Right now, among running backs um, uh, in half PPR scoring, uh, he should see the bulk of the, the touches. It's also a boost, I think, for Curtis Samuel. Now, I think if because DJ Moore is on the COVID list, he tested positive. Curtis Samuel is also on the COVID list, but he's just a close contact, so there's a better chance that he gets cleared. Uh, Moore also has the. Um, the ankle injury. So I think he's, you know, I, I look at him as very doubtful for week 14. I don't have him in the rankings, but I do have Samuel in the rankings and I have him at 18. Uh, I think with, with McCaffrey out and Davis in at running back Samuel, you know, we'll get a few carries and then we'll also get uh, a few extra targets with, with more sidelines. So I think it's good for those two players. Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, he's dealing with the ankle injury, did not practice Wednesday, but he did return on Thursday to a limited session. I know I'm asking you, John, ahead of the information on Friday about whether or not he practiced and how much, but what's your feeling on Josh Jacobs' return this weekend against the Colts? Yeah, we won't know for sure until the practice report comes out. And, that, you know, Vegas is out here on the West Coast or near it, so uh, it'll be late in the day. But he's trying to, it seems like he's trending towards playing. He has a what I was initially reported as a high ankle sprain, so uh, I don't know if he's going to be 100%. I'll probably have him ranked... Um, in the teens, uh, maybe a little bit higher, depending on if he's full uh, a participant today, or if he's if he's removed from the injury report, then he's getting close to full health, and maybe it wasn't a, a bad high ankle sprain. Um, right now, I have Devonta Booker in the rankings at 30, um, but I'm 
you know, I think over the course of the day, I'll pull him out and put, well, not pull him out, but lower him and pull and put uh, Josh Jacobs in the rankings as, as an RB two. Um, so if you're if you're planning on starting Booker, who wasn't a bad start, um, looking like a bad start against the Colts, uh, you might want to find a, a plan B for for that. Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott dealing with a calf injury took limited practice reps again on Thursday. Do you feel comfortable starting him against the Bengals? Yeah, um, you know he says I think it, uh, he he told reporters that it's important for him to play through the the calf injury for his teammates. Um, you know, the the season is basically lost. Uh, but if he's if he's limited in practice, that means I think he's you know sort of trending towards playing. Um, he's just sort of banged up. Uh, we'll see what happens today. It is a it is a new injury for him, and those are usually concerning heading into the following week. So he's definitely a player to monitor uh, today and this weekend. Cardinals running back Kenyon Drake dealing with the hip injury. He was added to the injury report Thursday after taking limited reps uh, on on Thursday. Again, these we're recording the podcast on Friday Friday morning, so John is dealing with information that we've that we received on Wednesday and Thursday just keep that in mind but John your your best look at Kenyon Drake's possibility of playing this weekend against the yeah Giants. this is a mid yeah this is a midweek downgrade and those are usually not a good sign that doesn't always mean that the player doesn't play but it means they picked up the injury within the week and um went from I believe he went from full to uh uh to limited um let me double check that so I don't give anybody bad information um doing this real time sorry he was added to the injury report uh thursday so yeah so this is a, a new injury this week and you know you have to definitely keep track of him uh today and and the rest of the weekend if he's out then chase edmund edmonds becomes a, a sneaky start and should see most of the, the touches against the, the giants washington running back antonio gibson's got the toe injury mispractice again on thursday gibson looks doubtful though head coach ron rivera said he had a couple of days with the trainer, so we'll see how he is tomorrow. Would you recommend anybody else in that Washington backfield if Antonio Gibson is ruled out on Sunday? Uh, I think J.D. McKissick in PPR formats is a, a pretty good play. He catches a lot of passes. He had 10 catches, I think, last week against the uh, the Steelers. Um, Peyton Barber, you know, in, in standard formats is okay. He'll probably see... 10 to 15 carries and should see the goal line work if they end up in a, in a goal line situation, but he could just as easily, you know, gain 30 yards and not score a touchdown and not have any catches. So um, I think, you know, McKissick has the higher floor due to, especially in PPR formats due to the receiving. Um, it's interesting on this because the, the toe has been kind of like, I don't know, people have said, well, he's, he's out, definitely out for practice or definitely out for the, for week 14, but then, Rivera makes that comment about them still being hopeful and that he's had a couple of good days of, um, uh, of, uh, uh, practice, not practice, um, treatment with the, uh, with the trainers. Uh, so it makes me think that maybe, you know, his season's not necessarily done. Maybe if he can't play this week, he might be able to play next week. Um, but the, you know, we've seen toe injuries linger and, and really debilitate, uh, you know, players for a stretch as they, as they get healthy and Washington's still in the playoff hunt. So I think they're, you know, are looking to win games and uh, would love to get them back. Jets running back Frank Gord concussion. And there's, there's also a, a not injury related status for him that he missed practice on Thursday after taking limited reps on, on Wednesday. Head coach Adam Gase expects Gore to play 
in Week 14. What are your thoughts on the the ageless one, Frank Gore? Yeah, that not injury related is, just means that the players getting rest. It's just like a veteran rest thing, but I don't know why they um, show that in addition to the concussion or the head injury that they sustained. But it sounds like he's going to play, and so you know, owners like myself who picked up Ty Johnson and Scott Fishbowl. Um, to make up for this uh, Christian McCaffrey situation um, that we're hoping to maybe play Ty Johnson against the CL uh, Seahawks just can't trust the workload right now. You know, you get Gore back in there. What is Adam Gase going to do? I mean, logically, you'd want to see if Ty Johnson could perhaps be your RB1 or RB2 next year, uh, you know, but he wants to feed or has shown a tendency to want to feed Frank Gore uh, when he's healthy. Uh, Ty Johnson played very well last week, went over 100 yards rushing. Um, it might behoove the team to play him uh, and feed him and see what if he can be has the makings of being a feature back or being part of a committee. Um, but it, it sounds like it's going to be Gore, uh, you know, returning to his starting role. So you and you also on the same side, you can't really trust Frank Gore necessarily to get his fifteen to twenty carries because they might decide to go with Johnson. So it's just kind of throwing the whole situation up in the air as opposed to Gore being out and you knowing that Johnson is leading that backfield. Lions running back DeAndre Swift dealing with an illness, took limited practice reps Thursday, and is trending towards playing in Week 14. They've been trying to showcase DeAndre Swift for a while now, but he's just had the unfortunate situation with with at least one concussion and now the illness. But if DeAndre Swift plays on Sunday, uh, John, your Packers have, have had issues against the run this year. Oh, have they? Uh they can't stop. They couldn't stop Dalvin Cook. Uh, the Vikings were able to stick with the run, and that was the key. I think there's one reason why they, you know, the, maybe the rushing numbers aren't that high in total against the Packers is because they jump out to a lead, and uh, you know, uh, the opposition can't stick with the run, um, and that has been the case in a few games. Uh, Swift, I think, if he does play, and it does sound like he might be training towards playing. Um, probably isn't going to see the type of workload that he saw in week nine, week 10. He had 13 carries in week nine. He had 16 carries, uh, 21 touches in week 10. And, you know, I would expect him with having sat out uh, three weeks with this, uh, with this injury that, um, with, I mean, it was a con- basically a concussion. Um, and then apparently he was out of the concussion protocol, but you know, this illness that he had was, was migraines, which doesn't sound like it. He's out of the concussion protocol. Um, but if he is, if he is active and playing this week, you know, it's a nice matchup. He could uh, end up with a good game, uh, since he's the primary receiving back for this team. And if the, if the lions fall behind in this one, then he could end up with five catches pretty easily. And, you know, maybe 50, 40, 50 yards, uh, rushing as well. So, um, you could kind of find, you know, back into a good game here, but I'm not expecting him to see the lead back role like he was in week nine and week 10. Let's switch over to some wide receivers, starting with Jamison Crowder, who is dealing with a calf injury now, and he's questionable. You had mentioned before how those midweek downgrades, not good. So this isn't good news for Jamison Crowder as the Jets get ready to take on the Seahawks. Yeah, and he's, uh, you know, I had him ranked at uh, in the low 20s at 23, half PPR, um, prior to taking Julio Jones out of the rankings, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but Seattle's a good matchup for receivers. Denzel Mims is out. Uh, Crowder's splits with Sam Darnold are really good. Uh, so if he does play, I, I mean, I'm still optimistic. I might bump him down a little bit due to the calf injury, but, um, you know, the situation with Mims out and 
against Seattle and likely, you know, sort of a pass heavy second half, even though uh, Adam Gase wants to run the ball a lot, establish the run third, fourth quarter quite a bit with a, with a deficit. Um, Crowder should, uh, should produce if he's, if he's active, but it's just not looking uh, great right now. We'll have to wait and see what the, what the news says. Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown once again dealing with an ankle injury, mispractice Thursday, is expected to play per Sirius XM's Adam Kaplan, though. He has been, as we mentioned last week, we talked about A.J. Brown dealing with some injuries, and then he, he wound up playing against the who the, uh, the oh the Browns. The Browns waxed him. So, A.J. Brown, do you feel comfortable starting him on Sunday? Uh, yeah, he, he returned to that game. Um and I had him in the rankings the entire time. The, the reason we want to mention it here is, is it's a new injury. Usually it was a knee injury that he's been limited with. They've been basically managing his reps, and on Wednesdays and Thursdays he doesn't practice at all or, or is limited, and then on Friday he tends to be uh, a full on Friday and then plays on uh, Sunday. So uh, I'm fully, fully expecting him to be out there, uh, and the, the confirmation from Adam Kaplan is great for that, for that um, situation. Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans dealing with a hamstring hamstring injury, missed practice Thursday after taking limited reps on Wednesday. How confident should Mike Evans' owners be that he will face the Vikings on Sunday? It's a good matchup. Uh, it was uh, apparently spotted at practice uh, today with a helmet. Uh, we, we don't have an official designation yet, but it sounds like he might be back um, at practice. And if, if he is, then I think he's a pretty much a, a safe start. Uh, against um, who are they playing? Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. Yeah. So it's a good it's a good matchup. So right now I, I did bump him down into the into the 30s because I wanted to have him lower than uh, Woods and uh, Cooper Cup for people that were deciding about Thursday because I thought that the uh, the risk of him of Evans not playing on Sunday was worth starting uh, Woods and Cup over him. Um, I actually I actually had Woods over Evans anyway, but I didn't have Cup ahead of him and. Thankfully, Cup caught a touchdown, so those that made that decision are, are probably should be happy with their situation. But uh, I'll probably move uh, Evans up, uh, back up a little bit, if he's, especially if he's a full participant today and is uh, not a game-time decision. You had mentioned Julio Jones earlier, so he's been ruled out for Week 14, still dealing with a hamstring injury. So I guess the, the good news for Julio Jones owners is that they'll know well ahead of Sunday what to do with replacing Julio Jones because he is out for Sunday's matchup against the Chargers. Yeah, it's a little bit of a bump for Calvin Ridley, uh, who tends to see a lot more targets when Julio is out. Um, sometimes that doesn't help that second receiver if, if the primary guy's out, but in Calvin's case, the, the targets head his way. Uh, Russell Gage gets a little bit of a bump, although he hasn't played or produced much more with, with Julio out. And part of it is because Matt Ryan just simply isn't as good uh, from a production standpoint with Julio sidelined. It's a nice matchup against the Chargers, their 30th and adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. And, you know, the, the Falcons should score some points in this game, but um, I downgraded Ryan from about 12 to 15 in the, in the quarterback rankings because his yards per attempt uh, tanked uh, below six in the, in the four games this year that uh, Julio has missed. Um, you know, his interceptions rise, his touchdowns drop a little bit, his yardage drops. So uh, just not as confident of a start for Matt Ryan. 
They've been dreadful in the red zone too. Dreadful over the last yeah. couple of weeks now. Even 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 when they scored forty three points against the Raiders, they, they they settled for like five field goals. One of the scores that they had was a Deion Jones defensive touchdown. It just it hadn't been good for for Atlanta offensively. It's actually been their defense, ironically enough, that has played played pretty well. A couple of one more wide receiver, one more tight end injury news, then we'll get into the Thursday night football game. Jets wide receiver Denzel Mims not injury related. He missed practice again on Thursday. He's going to miss Week 14 due to a personal issue. So now you got a couple of wide receivers for the Jets that are either not going to play or, or might miss some time. John. Yeah, if if Crowder and Mims are out, uh, you know. Rashad Perryman just is really a tasty, a tasty start. I think even with Crowder playing and uh, not 100 percent Perryman, it looks like a good. I don't. I want to. It's better than a dart throw. I mean, I don't know what the proper term for it is. I think it's a. I mean, I guess sneaky start is probably the best term for it. <laughs> but um, you know, he had four for 62 on eight targets back in week six. Uh, I'll just run down his game logs. Two for 27 on two targets against Buffalo in week seven. So not great. Then against New England, he had five for 102 and two touchdowns on seven targets. So, you know, his best game of the year, 27 points PPR. Uh, against the Chargers, he had four targets, two for 54 and a touchdown. So another 13-point game there. Uh, four for 79 on eight targets against Miami and those good corners that they have. Uh, 11.9 points there. And then he really a dreadful game against uh, Vegas relative to expectations. One for 22 on four targets. Uh, but they were force-feeding Mims quite a bit, and uh, Crowder had the two touchdowns against Vegas. Um, so I think with uh, with Mims out, you're probably going to see seven to ten targets for, for Perryman uh, against a you know a shaky uh, Seattle secondary. And then the tight end that I wanted to bring up, Jonu Smith of the Titans, dealing with the knee injury, took full reps, full practice reps on Thursday after being limited on Wednesday. It looks like Smith will return this week, John. Yeah, and this is, uh, you know, he is more of a touchdown scorer right now as opposed to a yardage guy. Um, he hasn't gone over 32 yards since week five, uh, but he has seven touchdowns on the year, so he gets you that score. He also had a rushing touchdown uh, week 10. Um, so his stretch there, we had the touchdown in three straight games. Um, it's, it's good for uh, Ryan Tannehill, too. So if you're thinking about Tannehill as a starter, I've got him ranked in the top five. Um, against Jacksonville, and uh, having uh, Janu Smith helps. Uh, I'm fully expecting Derrick Henry to have a big day, and he could end up with, I suppose he could end up with three to five touchdowns, but <laughs> um, they're going to score a lot of points, and I think Tannehill will get his share, and this passing game will get their share. They do like to, th- to throw it a little bit um, in the red zone because it, you know Henry sort of gets them there, and then they use Henry not as a decoy, but they don't, they don't just feed him because they have confidence in Tannehill in that passing game and those receivers to score uh, in the red zone as well. We'll get John's thoughts on the Thursday night football game between the Patriots and the Rams, but also some sneaky starts too. After this, this podcast is brought to you in part by Prediction Strike, which is the only performance-based sports market, sports stock market, where you can buy shares of players as if they were stocks. For example, for share price of Cam Akers, that has increased from about two $2.18 in October to $6.22 now since he has taken over for the Rams. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite players so that they can get even closer to the game. Go to predictionstrike.com to create an account, deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares 
of virtually any player that you want, just like real stocks. The value of those shares will change based on how they play, and you could trade those shares at any time as long as the player isn't currently playing. So if you knew, for example, that Aaron Rodgers was going to have a bounce back with an MVP caliber season, great. Well, here's your chance to profit off that prediction. And if you like playing the stock market, you're going to absolutely love the Prediction Strike app and PredictionStrike.com where you can buy and sell players as well, just, just like the stock market, but, but for sports. So get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com. Sign up with our code TMAP, T-M-A-P, to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. And be sure to download the Prediction Strike app in the Apple App Store. Underdog. We all love snake drafts, we all love big prizes, but we don't all love the big entry fees or multi-week contests. So Underdog Fantasy, they have their all-new format for their snake drafts. It's called Battle Royale. In Battle Royale, you draft a one-week team like you normally would, but instead of only competing against the other teams in your specific draft, you compete with teams from other drafts. This way, the pool they pull together the prizes so that you can offer or they can offer big tournament-style payouts while keeping the live snake draft format. If you think this is your week and you can draft the best team, great. You have to try Battle Royale. It offers the big upside a normal snake draft can't with prizes that used to be only attainable in season-long or salary cap tournaments. The Battle Royale is up in the Underdog app and website. It's $5 to enter this week and has a prize pool of $25,000 with a payout of $5,000 to first place. It's some some great stuff. All right, Thursday Night Football. We'll start off with Cam Akers and the big night that he had for the Rams. John, he, he breaks off 170 yards rushing. He caught two passes in the passing game as well. But Cam Akers, after Darrell Henderson was kind of the guy there for multiple weeks, the rookie out of Auburn has had himself uh, quite a back-to-back performances. 29 carries, 171 yards, two catches on three targets for 23 yards. It looks to be Cam Akers' backfield. And and I call, I said, I apologize, I said he's from Auburn. He's not, he's from Florida State. So I apologize to every Florida State fan and alum out there, Cam Akers, Florida State. Uh, but, John, big performance out of him last night. Yeah, and it's it's fun to watch uh, fantasy Twitter. Um, the, the, those uh, Acres truthers who have been in hiding have come out in full force and are now taking victory laps. And <laughs> uh, I tweeted out today uh, something that I don't know. I, I just wanted to discuss Cam Akers and, and his fantasy season. And we took him. I can speak personally. We took him in our fantasy uh, FFPC uh, main event team. So that's our big money league. We're currently um, in the championship round. Nice. Uh, we were 10th heading into the championship round, yeah. Uh, we didn't start at Cam Akers last night. We started Robert Woods, and there wasn't a whole lot of uh, hemming and hawing over it. We did talk about possibly starting Akers, but looking at what Sean McVay had done heading into you know week 13, it had definitely been a hot hand type situation, and we didn't know if this was a complete sea change in this backfield. Uh, and the one thing that gave me pause about ranking Akers, you know, significantly higher was the fact that Henderson did break off a long touchdown run last week. He had three carries for 49 yards and a touchdown after kind of struggling um, for a few weeks uh, and, you know, opening the door for uh, Akers to take over this backfield. He, you know, he busted that long run and I thought that might get him back into the good graces uh, of Sean McVay and get maybe some more touches. So, um, 
We took him in the fifth round. We barely started him this year, if at all. I don't remember starting him. We talked about cutting him multiple times. We kept, you know, holding on to him, waiting for, you know, perhaps an injury uh, to Henderson or to Brown. Um, they, they got dinged up or Henderson got dinged up, but we never pulled the trigger and started Acres. But now I think he'll be a must start for the last two weeks. Uh, I think he can be a uh, league winner potentially he's a fantastic prospect but i think you know at the cost of a fifth round pick uh he wasn't um you know retrospect you know looking back was not a good use of that fifth round pick um so for all those taking victory laps um congratulations if you made the playoffs with cam Akers. uh certainly take taking him probably reduced your chances of making the postseason but you know owners can overcome that uh, and if you have Cam Akers going in the postseason, congratulations. He looks like a uh, a guy who's going to see 20-plus touches uh, over the last uh, three games of the season. Uh, very quickly, here are some, some other Rams. 16 of 25 for Jared Goff, only 137 yards, touchdown and a pick. Didn't have to do much because of the aforementioned Cam Akers. Jared Goff did score a rushing touchdown on four carries. They picked up 11 yards. Tyler Higby, two catches, 34 yards on two targets. Cooper Cup, five catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown on five targets. So the yardage, very quiet, but he did score. Robert Woods, who who you had mentioned, five catches, 32 yards. Anybody else that you want to discuss from the Rams? Well, it just wasn't heading into this game. I wasn't super bullish on the, the Rams passing game. You know, Cup and Woods had been productive, uh, but you know, the targets for Woods were there, eight. Uh, Cup only had five, but he made the most of them with 33 yards and a touchdown and five catches. Um, but I wasn't, like, bullish on, on Goff heading into a game against the Patriots, probably going to be low scoring. And they, uh, you know, looking at the Rams, they just have so many rushing touchdowns compared to their passing touchdowns this season. And it's just you can't count on him to get, you know, one and a half to two touchdowns per game. He did. Uh, throw the one touchdown and ran for one, so it sort of saved his day, but he, he still didn't have a big fantasy day. Switching over to the Patriots, another rough performance out of Cam Newton. He was just 9 of 16 for 119 yards through an interception. It was a fourth down play that the Patriots went for inside the five-yard line late in the second quarter, and he never got the ball out on a pitch, and he, he basically just allowed himself to get tackled. I mean, just a mess of a performance from Cam Newton. Damian Harris ran well, but he only got 11 carries on 50 yards. The Patriots fell fell behind pretty pretty significantly in the uh, second quarter. I'm sorry, in the third quarter. Nikhil Harry, three catches, 49 yards on four targets. Bird had five catches for 48 yards on eight targets. He saw more targets than anybody. Jacoby Myers, four catches, 47 yards. Just a pedestrian from the Patriots all the way around last night, John. Yeah, and this is the same uh, team that beat the Chargers uh, 45 to nothing in the same uh, stadium. Um, not that the offense was really the driving force behind that. I mean, Cam had 69 yards passing and a touchdown and then 48 yards rushing and two touchdowns. But just looking at this box score for the for the Patriots, I mean, who do you start out of this group? Like, Unless you have to, there's just nobody appealing um cam newton is averaging 181 yards passing per game this year but he's only cleared that number uh three times um 365 against houston 274 against the jets and 397 against the seahawks back in week one you know otherwise you're looking at you know 69 to 170 something yards passing he's got five touchdowns on the season 10 interceptions so if he doesn't score a rushing touchdown 
you're 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 sunk. And you, if you started Cam this week, you're you're definitely sunk. Let's get to some sneaky starts now. Always my favorite part of the podcast each and every week. We start off with some quarterbacks that John at least identifies that that could have big performances. Uh, based based on where uh, a lot of people are ranking them, or again, this is these are these are sneaky starts. These are options for you know DFS if you're looking for kind of a salary saver, or if you're in a bad spot because of an injury. Great, John again has identified these players as sneaky starts. Let's start off with some quarterbacks, and if you go to four four dot com, you can see his entire list of QBs. But a couple that we'll give give out right now. Starting off with Andy Dalton, he's got a good matchup against Cincinnati, John. Yeah, and I have some other streaming options that are better, uh, but I picked the bot my bottom two because I thought they were sort of interesting um, plays this week with with Andy Dalton. Uh, the Cowboys have three good receivers plus a decent tight end and Ezekiel Elliott in the running game. Uh, they haven't clicked, but they're playing his old team, uh, the Bengals, and I you know I wonder, you know, in my in my experience over the twenty years I've played this, is that it just seems like players tend to produce against their old teams, especially the you know, first or second times they play against them. And the, the Bengals are 28th and adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterback, so it's a good it's a good spot. Uh, he had a pretty decent game last week against them. Maybe he's kind of settling into the you know starting quarterback role there for the Cowboys. And um, I don't know that the, the Bengals are going to be able to put up many points in this game to make this a, a shootout, but uh, you know I think Dalton's good for at least a couple touchdowns this week. The other low guy that you had, or the, the one you know when you're listing your sneaky starts, uh, the last guy you had was Mike Glennon. So you like Mike Glennon after Jaguars really hung with the Minnesota Vikings last week. Yeah, and he had a good, uh, you know, ended up with a good yardage, uh, 280 yards passing. He had two interceptions, unfortunately. He had. 235 yards and two touchdowns against the Browns. He's willing to throw the ball deep, and I think that's key uh, given the matchup against the Titans, who are 31st in just a fantasy points allowed uh, to quarterbacks, and they've given up a lot of deep passes this this year. They've also given up, you know, 268 yards to Ben Roethlisberger, 335 to Nick Foles, 308 uh, to to Philip Rivers, and 334 and four touchdowns to Baker Mayfield. Um, I mentioned those guys because those guys are all pocket passers, and, and so is Glennon. So he's sort of a poor man, you know, poor man's rivers at this point. Um, pretty decent receiving core, uh, enough of a running game to threaten the Titans as well. So you know, Glennon could end up with two fifty and two uh, this week as well. Moving over to some running backs, Gio Bernard. I mean, I feel like we've talked a lot about Gio Bernard. He just he continues to have good matchups and at least uh, be effective in PPR formats. Yeah, I mean he hasn't he hasn't been great honestly, and I got a, a you know why what is the consistently high ranking for for Geo for and I'm like I'm not consistently high on him I had him at 27 or something last week. This week, however, he plays the Cowboys, and the Cowboys have one of the worst rush defenses uh, in the league. Um, they actually they have the worst uh, 5.2 yards per attempt, 17 touchdowns allowed on the ground, 168 yards rushing allowed. So I feel like you know. Geo will be at least functional uh, in this game and, and should, you know, see enough uh, work and, and maybe, you know, score a touchdown or two. He did see 14 touches last week. Um, he's had, you know, 12, 13 since the bye, uh, an eight, uh, 10 against the, the Giants. So that's not, it's not great usage. I just keep having trouble staying on the field. But I think against the Cowboys, they'll be able to, and he'll end up with, you know, 15 touches, maybe 60 or 70 total yards and, and maybe a score. 
All right, another running back you like, Adrian Peterson. Now, we talked about DeAndre Swift earlier in the podcast, so how much does DeAndre Swift's uh, health status impact Adrian Peterson being a sneaky start? Yeah, it, it's it's quite a bit, but it's also, you know, game script here with the Packers. If, if, the, if the Lions can hang in um, and allow their offense to, to feed the ball to Peterson, you know, 15, 20 times – then they're gonna. He's gonna have a good game. He's gonna have 70, 80 yards uh, and a touchdown. Probably the Packers have trouble against the run when people stick with it. You look back at week two though. He had seven carries for 41 yards and just got game scripted out because uh, uh, the Packers jumped out to a lead. So um, that's the key for him. I, he has four touchdowns in the last two weeks. So I think uh, you know he's probably the goal line back. Uh, in this game, at least, with Swift uh, struggling with uh, concussion systems uh, up until uh, symptoms up until last week. All right, some wide receivers starting off with Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel and the Pan- Panthers are hosting the Broncos this week. Yeah, he was really productive um, over the last few uh, games, um, and with Curtis or with uh, Christian McCaffrey out. You're just looking at him as a, a, a player who's going to get four or five carries, probably. Uh, DJ Moore out. I think I discussed that about this earlier. Discussed this earlier, but you know, four or five catches as well with that with those sort of touches. I think uh, Samuel is a nice play. And then T.Y. Hilton, the Colts are taking on the Raiders. Raiders have had issues in their secondary virtually all season. Yeah, and and Hilton's finally coming on. I think he and. Philip Rivers are getting on the same page. Uh, Hilton had four for 81 and a touchdown on five targets two weeks ago. Then he had eight for 110 against and a touchdown against the, on 11 targets against the Texans, who he just owns. The, you know, you're going to have to start T.Y. Hilton next week against the the Texans. They play again. Um, if you just look at his game logs against Houston, it's insane. Um, I would continue to play him uh, against the Raiders. They've given up. Uh, you know, gave two touchdowns to Crowder last week, uh, 50 yards and a touchdown to Calvin Ridley, 102 yards and a touchdown to Tyree Kill, and uh, 103 yards and a touchdown to Keenan Allen in recent weeks. Um, I also like Pittman in, in this game, Michael Pittman, uh, not as much. Uh, he wasn't, he hasn't not established himself as the uh, alpha for this offense, but um, because Hilton's coming on, uh, but I think Pittman is, is a quality starter as well. All right, Mike, Mike Williams, he's been quiet of late, but you like the matchup with Atlanta. Yep, 29th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh, receivers. Uh, deep pass should be there for him. He's got a 30% uh, air yard share for the for the Chargers, so they are looking his way over the last three weeks. Um, so he's probably due for a, a big game. All right, a couple of tight ends before we sign off. Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys. The Cowboys are in Cincinnati to take on a bad Bengals defense. Yeah, the Bengals are 31st in Justin Fancy points allowed to tight ends. Uh, they gave up 9 for 88 and a touchdown to Mike Kosicki, uh, 6 for 129 to Evan Ingram, 6 for 76 and 3 to the Cleveland tight ends, uh, all since week 7. Um, and Schultz, you know, week, I didn't uh, factor in uh, Monday night's game or Tuesday night's game against uh, Baltimore, but he's been seeing about a 20% target share uh, from Andy Dalton. That's pretty healthy for uh, for a tight end that might be available on the waiver wire. And then finally, Cole Komet of the Bears. He's been coming on a lot more. He's playing more snaps than Jimmy Graham, and, and the, the Bears take on the Texans this week, and the Texans hemorrhage points usually. Yeah, Komet uh, had uh, 70% snaps in the last three weeks, and then he had seven targets 
against the Lions last week. So he's they're they're trying to work him in as the starter, and, and he's he's out there running most of the routes now at the tight end position. And the Texans can be beat through the pass, although they've been decent against tight ends, uh, 11th. I think he's more of a desperation dart throw at the position. Good stuff, John. You can follow him on Twitter, at 444 underscore John. Check out his great work. Make sure you take advantage of all of his rankings. Again, John Paulson, second right now. Second in Fantasy Pro's Fantasy Football Accuracy ranking. So great stuff out of him. You can follow me as well, at, at Anthony Stalter, if you're so inclined. Good luck in all of your Week 14 matchups, uh, season-long and DFS. I know playoffs are starting for most leagues, so good luck to you. hope uh, John and I helped you along the way. Appreciate you listening to the Most Accurate Podcast, and we'll see you again next week. He's It's colder day by day I miss you I can hear people singing It must be crazy